you said something that I will need to look into for next year. I don't have a big backpack. I have a pretty small one. Okay. So I need to buy a 75 liters as well. Kaika is a good one. I'm thinking about the Fjellraven. Mm, that's the Kaika. The Fjellraven okay. Kaika. Yeah. Mm. I have one of those and it's just... If someone is violent to it, of course it can break. Mm. It's just normal use. I have this one for six or seven years. Used it a lot. But uh, there's no signs of, of even the smallest weaknesses in it. It's mm. just a very powerful one. It's also a little bit heavy because it's a thick fabric and it, it's a wooden frame that it has. But it's really nice. Yeah. Really nice. And that's why I want a Fjellraven backpack or, or something else in that line because mm. I want to buy one backpack and I don't want to buy a new backpack in two years. Exactly. And that's so. you pay a little bit more for it, but mm. then it's also built on experience. All the experience they put into the little things on that one is really wonderful. Mm. When I was hiking across Jutland, I had 25 kilos in it. That was a little heavy. Yeah. And I carried way too much stuff. That's where you want to have your checklist when you come home. Say, what did I actually use here? And uh, what should I leave back for the next time? Have you done something that is not nerdy? My God, what is this podcast about? Hello, boys. How are you doing tonight? Back from vacation and really feeling that it's been a very long time. I can see in the calendar it's not, but the feeling is that it's been a very long time since we've been hanging around. So I'm really looking forward to talk to you today. What about you, Michael? Yeah, well, I'm still waiting for my vacation, sitting here in the sweat box now, in halfway in July. But I'm good. Um, it's not the most busy time at work, so I'm doing interesting stuff like watching the Tour de France and the Danish guy in yellow in the back with a blurred <laughs> background when I have to do meetings. So, yeah, I'm good. I can definitely agree, Jens, with uh, the feeling that it feels like we haven't been talking for ages because uh, I've been a little bit busy myself and I feel I haven't been into you know the normal session and signal channels as much as we, we usually do so it feels like a long time but it's it is not really so I, I I share that feeling for sure yeah so um I have been up to quite a lot of different things I think it actually happened around the time of the last recording but I actually listened back to the last recordings. I don't think I talked about this too much. But I went to Copenhagen <laughs> uh, with the kids. And uh, we uh, went to Djurhavsbakken. Uh, Djurhavsbakken. Uh, yeah. It's a place for you guys that doesn't know where the adult drinks beers and the kids, they go in carousels or joyrides or whatever it's called. It's a very precise description of Bakken. Yeah, and it was, um, for me, it's a train ride, um, one and a half hour train ride roughly from from home. It's mm. just sit in the train and go. But of course, on the way there, the uh, train was delayed and canceled, so it took a little bit longer. But we eventually got there, and we had a really nice time. And I did a test, or a little or whatever it's called. You buy one pass for the kids so they can go as much as they want in the... So they're not in your vicinity. <laughs> exactly. And I get a pass so I can drink beer. <laughs> so I can test 10 different beers in 10 different places. So that 
was actually quite nice and I really liked that. Mm -hmm. uh, but on the way back, that's when it starts to be interesting. So uh, I jump on the train, or we are supposed to jump on the train, but the train is still at the station. Oh. And then there has been a fire between uh, the airport and the bridge, which means that there's no trains moving. Nowhere. They're still. Everything is still. <laughs> so um, we switched trains, but eventually we got into the central station and we were waiting there for a long time with they're packed with people because you know what happens when the trains stand mm. still for three hours. They'll pile up. Yeah, and uh, Vida, my youngest son, he was super afraid. He thought we would never get home and we're, you know, <laughs> we are abroad. <laughs> it's so dangerous. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had your 10 beers. Yeah. <laughs> but we were walking along the station and I just saw in the corner of my eye, they changed the label on the train to be our train. So I just could just take the step inside the train and we were so super lucky. So we got on the first train over when it oh. opened. But then, of course, it was all broken down on the other side <laughs> as well. Oh. <laughs> the Swedish oh. side. So it was like... In the end, we, we came home by taxi from Malmo. So uh, it was a long journey, a lot of problems. But the thing here is that this was, and we will go, come back to this later as well in the episode, we just started that stoic exercise, the stoic challenge. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the first part with the what we can control. Mm -hmm. And this was one place where that those exercises really helped me because what could I actually control in this situation? So, no, I can't control that there's been a fire and that the trains are still. No. So I make a big thing of it. So how did you respond to it? Well, I just, what could I do? I mean, I, I could only wait. And mm -hmm. um, at some point, I would need to take a, a cab over uh, if it went too long. But we didn't need to resort to that. But when we came to the Swedish side, that's what, what I did. And that actually reminds me, I, I have a waiting for that I need to follow up, see if I got the taxi fee paid back. Ah, yeah. Because they should, because I had yeah. a train ticket and the tickets, uh, the trains didn't go, so. No. So that was uh, a, a practic exercise of stoic philosophy that was very interesting and very nice to do. Mm -hmm. Have you guys had anything like that? Uh, oh, yeah. Just wait. <laughs> okay, we're looking forward to that. I don't have that much. It's more larger things. Uh, yeah. And it really went on the quarter end, where in that context, mm. some stoicism and some thinking about what is under my control and what is not under my control is really good to do. As we talked about on the other episode, that when you want someone else's money, it's a really good thing to consider what is basically under my control in this process of a sale. So, yeah, it makes things really clear. Yeah. When you do that, do what's under my control and then I'm in a good place. And that actually helps. Hmm? Amen. In the yeah. stoic porch. Yeah. yeah. Now that we're at it, Jens, should we go on with our little story? Because you have maybe the best example of how you need to apply stoicism in a critical situation. Two weeks ago, on the day where Jens went on vacation, the day before, we had the start of the Tour de France in Copenhagen. And that was one big party. It was a beautiful stage two. 
And that was the day where Jens went on vacation. Then Sunday was the third stage of the Tour de France. It was one big party in Denmark. Everybody was along the route and cheering, and everybody was just happy. And then we have this uh, mental ill person in uh, the shopping center in Copenhagen called Fields, where a lot of people were involved in an episode of a guy shooting and killing three persons, wounding, I think it was six, uh, including two Swedish youngsters. And there was someone else at that shopping center, Jens. I was in Spain on vacation with my wife and son and father-in-law, and we were not with our daughter because Harry Styles coming to Denmark. Mm. And and after we have ordered the tickets, Harry rescheduled for second time uh, the concert, and she had tickets for two or three years. So, of course, she would like to go, and we were able to make a plan B that uh, she just came the day after the concert. And um, and then the concert hall is just near Fields, and she was inside Fields at the time of the shooting, and luckily was able to escape without seeing him, but seeing quite a lot of people, and of course running. And um, she went outside and was able to be uh, picked up by my parents, who live twenty minutes drive from there. So. But uh, we didn't check our phones. I was on vacation. I was proud uh, of turning off <laughs> all notifications and all that stuff. Yeah. We didn't look at the phones. So we just got a message after the event and after she'd been picked up and uh, after she was safe at my parents' house. So that was the first time we, we, we learned about it. And then you really found out, is it within your control or, or not? And this yeah. was definitely <laughs> out of my control. Luckily, we were able to FaceTime her and and, and talk to her and, and write back and forth. Uh, going back uh, 30 years, uh, that's not been possible at, at all. You may, you may be able to, to call, but it was quite nice to, to, to see her and, and, and talk to her. And uh, I think I reacted. Of course, quite different from a situation where I knew everything was ended in a safe way. Of, of course, she was very shocked and have been quite impacted ever since. Mm. But we didn't have the, the whole situation and not able to, to know what would happen or is it safe or not. Mm. But starting our journey with uh, stoicism and, and been able to to read just a chapter one. Is it within your control or, or not? That uh, at, at at least for me, I think uh, helped a lot. I I expected myself to react uh, a lot stronger than and, uh, I eventually did. And let's see if it's it's a, we're able to have a little bigger reaction uh, later on. I I hope that um, because. Uh, Otherwise, it would be a little bit too cold. But um, I think just having the idea and concept of what's within your control and what's not. But of course, you can do a lot about things not in your control. But having this feeling that you're not able to control it completely, that was 
really quite uh, helpful for me. And of course, being able to, for, for me, know that uh, she was with my parents, a safe place for me. So I felt almost completely safe at the time. But I've also had the, ch- the chance in, in Spain to reach out to my son and uh, wife and father-in-law and talk to them and help them a bit. And of course, for, for them, it was a little more than for me at the time. It might change. Mm. So that was Stoicism in Practice. Chapter one. Yeah, chapter one. On a very tough situation. Yeah, and for me, we stopped this challenge, and I would say it was the best challenge ever, because for me, it helped a, a lot. But I know we have a lot of weeks coming up. We can scale down the events a little bit, Jens. Yeah, I, I <laughs> <laughs> definitely do that. I think there is a lot of good learnings coming up in this challenge, so I'm happy that we're doing it. Yeah, definitely. And I'm happy that your daughter is safe and sound. Uh, Even though definitely. Uh, she is, uh, of course, impacted by the whole event, right? It's getting better, day by day. Yeah, that was a peak. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it really was. But Martin, have you, other than your stoic train ride? Yeah, yeah, I have, I have uh, more, more, more on my list, of course. Um, so... Uh, let's switch focus totally and become a little bit nerdy like we usually are. Mm. So in the pre-show, I, I talked a little bit with Michael and uh, he said he had an Apple iWatch mm. Series 7. Mm. You also have a, 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 a Apple Watch, Jens, don't you? Yeah. What's your battery time? Not that great. What is great? Is it a, a day or? Yeah, yeah. Oh. it's a day, but not more. Yeah, I, I have a, I think it's a series two, yeah. and I have like a day, a day and a half, if you're lucky. And that has quite annoyed me for some time. And I've also a lot, lot of times before said I will never buy a new iWatch. Right. It's called an Apple Watch. Apple Watch, whatever. A watchy watchy. <laughs> uh, and of course, I, I will not. And I, I stand by that. But I have a new toy. Yeah, I have a Garmin Tactics Seven. Okay, and now my Michael needs to go and, and buy. No, because I have my Fenris here. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> the reason I asked for the battery time because that's that's one of the main reasons I walk away from it because I think it's too little mm. for me. Yeah, and the thing is, I got this watch this Monday. Yeah, um, it said I had twenty two days battery time left i have never charged this watch yet so i have had it for four days now and i have nine, 19 days left so it's actually pessimistic the calculator so mm. um that is super nice to have a watch that you don't have to charge every night mm. uh, that means that you can actually use the the sensors during the night as well to get the sleep stats including gps i uh, i have gps on yes i have uh, smartphone features on I have uh, all of that. Everything is turned on. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, of course, I'm not doing, uh, I haven't actually done any activities Mm. during this time, which means I haven't been out running. I haven't been uh, doing all that stuff, but all the other things is on. So, I mean, it counts my breath, it checks my sleeps, Mm. it do all that, says, uh, see how how stressed I am at the moment. (laughs) Not very much, apparently. 
and all of that stuff it does very well it's a super nice watch uh, i'm super happy with it uh i don't know half of the features yet maybe you don't I've, have uh, to no, no really uh i uh, i have downloaded some maps into it and some uh, some of the the Skåneleden trails mm. so i have those in the watch so um when i'm out hiking and i get lost i can just bring up my watch mm. and see where i should be or <laughs> where i'm supposed to be I'll get back on track yeah yeah simple stuff like that is is super nice but mainly the battery time is is the the big thing the big use for case. me yeah mm. definitely since i don't use the siri and those kind of things anyway so um that's not a drawback for me so that was my nerdy thing congrats on that looking forward Thank to hear you. about the adventures that i know you're planning right there's a reason why you need that watch there is some adventures, yes. yes. <laughs> but uh, then I understand that we need to connect somewhere as well. Mm-hmm. It's Garmin Connect, maybe. Yeah, and how about the privacy policy on that? I don't, I don't want to read that. I just want to use it. <laughs> I read it once, and I was not impressed. No? Is it bad, or is it you're just not impressed? Are they selling your data? It's, that was not clear to me. And that was the reason why I wasn't impressed. So if it's not clear to you, then they're selling it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, you know, they don't write they're selling it, but they don't write they don't. So. Was that before GDPR or after? Uh, it was uh, about the time of GDPR that I was yeah. using this one and uh, the, fin- the uh, Finris model of it. Uh, I was actually looking for the charger for it yesterday because it needs to power up. That's why I have it uh, within yeah. reach of on my desk. So I'm going to put a charger on it. I don't know. I thought that the operations of the Garmin was, and this is, you know, an older watch than what you have right now, was a bit tricky. I also thought the display wasn't really that good, but, you know, for using maps and 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 there's a, there was also, at the time at least, uh, you had to purchase maps uh, on top of your watch, right? So, uh, you know, if you wanted to have a special area of Denmark or Sweden or what have you, that was an yeah, additional no, I got Europe. Yeah, you got Europe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, I can buy more granular maps if I want to, down to one ten thousand. Yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe I'll do that for certain areas if I'm yeah. going to go on adventure somewhere. And it's it's not more expensive than actually buying a printed map in the same size. So it's no. yeah. I mean, I don't know which which one I prefer, really. You and I are going on a hike in September. Yeah. I was planning to use the Fenris to see after two years lying in my bathroom shelf. It would be interesting to see how good the battery life is on that one now. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, congrats on that. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I wanted to... Um, to bring up uh, or mention is since I've, I've gotten back to the hiking I've really been bitten again everything is about nature so I I kind of got this nostalgic feeling I wanted to go back and and relive or rethink the the old adventures I've done mm-hmm. and I have a lot of pictures and I've been out taking a lot of pictures mm-hmm. in the past mainly on, on birds mm-hmm. and done adventures around that so I actually installed Lightroom on my Mac. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> because I realized that 
the a lot of the pictures were in uh, in Nef, so Nikon raw format. Raw format so yeah. yeah, can't look at them in in anything else really. Uh, yeah, there is probably a bridge and those kind of things as well. But um, but I use Lightroom Classic then, so I don't have to upload them my pictures to the cloud because I don't want to do that. And in the office, 10 gigabit connection to my NAS, 17,000 pictures, almost 18,000 pictures I imported into to Lightroom. It took five minutes. And this was raw format pictures as well. Big files. Big files, yes. There was no system impact at all on my computer. I was in, in meetings at the same time. Yeah. And that's just shoot through. And this is a beast, yeah. this machine. Yeah. It's a right beast. Yeah. And it's not every day I, I do things where it actually can shine, but that was a moment where it actually have the, the whole setup in the office, not only the Mac Studio, but also the NAS and also the network. It could really shine because that was a lot. It's quite powerful when you utilize that infrastructure that we built. Yeah. Mm. And as far as I am aware, all the Adobe applications, they are built and optimized for the uh, the M1 no, chip as I well. I think there's a few left, but... Uh... It's not a big deal. I think it, it was super, super fast at least. And that was nice to finally do something that is using my Trillion. There's a few Adobe applications that's not converted into Apple Silicon, but Lightroom is. And mm. they recently updated it. And when you're doing exporting now, it's also taking advantage of the of the Apple Silicon or the SOC architecture. It is really fast in exporting now. Also, another problem I always had in Lightroom is when you put in an SD card from your camera, yeah. it takes forever to first identify it and, you know, it's only in the Adobe, or it was only in in the Lightroom application for me. I had just to try a lot of time. Haven't seen that on the later versions of Lightroom, which is nice. And it's getting back into my workflow now. I also had my camera out and about and around my neck for the last couple of days. Nice. It's funny how these things spread among us talk about something and uh, yeah maybe, maybe we should get the camera i know also jens that uh, that you have also been using the camera during the vacation exactly. yeah so yeah. what were you doing it was just a short vacation should i only bring the iphone and, and take pictures with that or should i bring my camera also we're not allowed to have that much luggage so um, i managed to drop the camera back and just bring the camera okay in the back yeah and uh, that was enough and it was it was a good vacation uh, because i was able to take uh, these three four hundred pictures that's a lot of photographs man yeah are you doing a lot of shots on each scenery or subject or we visit uh, alhambra the castle yeah. the cordoba mosque and church uh, and uh, Sevilla Cathedral. So, uh, and, and you only took three hundred pictures. <laughs> that was with the camera, and, and probably yeah. uh, two hundred, two hundred fifty pictures with the iPhone. Yeah, uh, Sylvia was in uh, in Alhambra just a few weeks ago as well with her work, and she said it was really beautiful. Mm. She wants to come back, but uh, do you recommend going in there? Oh yeah, definitely. It, 
it always depends on what you have seen before. But it's a really nice castle with a lot of Islamic influence. It had been changed a bit uh, by the Spanish king, but there's still quite a lot there. But for me, the combined mosque and cathedral in in Cordoba was a, a little bit better. Cool. As I said before, I was also picking up my camera, and uh, I always get this feeling that every time I put the camera around my neck, you really look like a tourist. <laughs> and sometimes you are a tourist, which is fine. Yeah. yeah. But the last time I took my, my camera around my neck, the other day I was uh, doing a walk in the park and went down to the old skipper house, and everybody was just looking at me as if I was a tourist. And it's my hood. Just like really feeling annoyed. <laughs> and I think that's the problem with the camera sometimes. Now and then for me, uh, that, uh, you know, I bring my, bring my Fujitsu around my neck and I have a few lenses in my back because, uh, yeah, I want, I used a fixed lens and no zooms. Mm. So I have two or three of them with me. But you look like a tourist in your own neighborhood. <laughs> Until you open the camera bag and then you're not a tourist anymore. No, maybe not, but. Depends on what you want with your photography, because if you're photographing in a church or in, in at a castle or some location that you really want to make good photographs of, you want to blend in with the people around there, and so like uh, doing street photography, mm. getting the appearance of a tourist is really tricky. So you kind of hide your camera under your jacket or whatever. That's just a dilemma I have when doing photography. Not a problem if you shoot birds with the camera mm. but if you try to photograph people that's definitely something else but depends on what you do with your camera yeah I think we have a subject here for a future episode right yeah. we need to have a camera and photographer episode because uh, we are all three interested in it we never talked about it no not really so uh, I think it's a, a good topic coming right up absolutely that would be great but I, I managed to bring it and I was quite happy that I brought it. So that was most of the things I had. I went on vacation and tried to relax as much as we were able to do. But what about you, Michael? A lot of stuff. But let's start where I usually am. I'm running the beta of iOS 16 and macOS Ventura. And in beta 3, suddenly comes up a feature called lockdown mode which is, from a security point of view, really interesting. Apple is marketing it as if you are a journalist or an activist or governmental official. Lockdown mode can be something that is useful. I think that it may be useful for other people as well. And I'm really interested in seeing where it's going. What is it? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> so I get curious. Yeah. I want to lock down my computer. Tell me. Well, maybe you don't want that right now. Basically, you go into an optional lockdown mode. So you find it under security and privacy in the settings app. And what they do is kind of a response to the Pegasus spyware that was out last year, came come from the yep. Israeli NSO group, where that really pissed off uh, some people at Apple a lot because that was really an intelligent spyware that they launched and they were successful with it. So what we have right now, it is in the messages app, there is a lot of attachment types that is blocked. And there's some features like preview of attachments, which is not available when you are in lockdown mode. So 
the apparent cost of lockdown mode is, of course, guess what? Convenience. Yeah. That's how it always is. It also denies incoming FaceTime calls from people that you haven't called up first. So you can actually not call your device, your iOS device or your macOS device via FaceTime. Then it does uh, disable uh, shared photo albums. It is also refusing to attach remote devices. Like if you put a disk in, it will be blocked. So you cannot do input of data from putting it in a USB key and launching Mm. uh, nasty apps on there. And also you cannot install MDM profiles or the mobile device configuration that we use, for example, for DNS settings in uh, with Quad9. That is also disabled when you are in lockdown mode. I haven't tried it yet because I'm still working, but I think next week I will try to do, do a lockdown on my phone and see how it actually works. Because you know, this is a feature that you want to use if you go to Ukraine for whatever reasons I cannot really imagine. But you could pass governmental control, passport controls, customs, police, and all kinds of stuff where you can put your device in lockdown modes. Yeah, It's going to be interesting to see where it goes. And uh, so I'm looking into that. And I don't think we have seen the end of the feature list yet, mm. but this is where it is right now. And we are sorry that uh, we we don't call you next week. <laughs> yeah. <yes. laughs> but then I call you, and then you can call me. Great. Don't call me, I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> Mode. And this time we really mean it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's uh, interesting. I also got a, a more stable beta now. It looks really good. They are molding the settings apps a lot. And based on what we talked about in the last episode, when we talked about the first beta, a setting app is really, it's a lot of information to put into an application. And I was just thinking, Mm. how would you actually build it if you want to be able to configure and control your device? There's so many apps, there's so many features. How would you actually do a good solid app on that? And I don't have an idea. But... uh, Right now it's getting streamlined, so I guess from a usability point of view, where 50% of the Macs that are sold today is people that never had a Mac before, but they definitely had an iPhone. That's actually a large number, so there's probably a lot of the reasoning why they are streamlining this app right now, Uh, and it's going to be iOS style. It's fine, as I said on the last episode, when someone remotes your living room, you have opinions about it. So there's a lot of discussion, so true. It goes where it goes. I think any standardization or more recognizable applications and consistency among those is a good thing because then you can easier over time find your way in a complex app like the sitting app. Cool. That was the nerdy stuff. Have you done something that is not nerdy? I have. I have been using my pen a lot. Wow. It's going analog. I had some, should we say, boot problems with this one. It mm-hmm. uh, dropped ink, and uh, so I took it apart. I should never have done that. Did you take out the ink first? Yeah, yeah, I did. It was not about that. <laughs> but I took it completely apart because it's not supposed to drop ink like it did. Mm. So I took it completely apart, and then uh, <laughs> I really didn't know how to how to reassemble it again. <laughs> then I, I wrote Sebastian and he was deeply concerned <laughs> I better move on this project so it was lying out on in my kitchen for a day or so and then I of course what do you do you go to YouTube right? yeah. and then I found this excellent video on, on how to 
take this pen apart, make the refilling, uh, recleaning, and make the refiller work because that was the problem. I couldn't get it. Mm. Working has a complex way of making that correct. So now I have a lovely pen. Thank you again, Sebastian. That I'm using a lot, and I use it every day. And it's going into my stoicism book and also in my notebook. Yeah, you also got a new pen. Oh, it's old. I just said I, I love my pen too. It's something special. It is something special. And it is another way of writing, which I kind of dig into. And then I'm also inventing my handwriting again. And I'm surprised to see that you know, I haven't using my handwriting for many, many years, how quickly it actually comes back when you, you just yeah. need to sit down and write some stuff. And it will be readable again. That's really nice. I cherish it a lot. I am so happy for this gift. It is one of my favorite, favorite things on my desk and in my everyday life. So it changed and, a lot. And do the new nice pen makes your handwriting prettier because it's a nice pen and paper? I wouldn't know <laughs> because I don't have anything <laughs> to compare it to. But I enjoy it a lot. I like yeah. the feeling of the pen. I like the way that the, the ink is going into the paper and it makes me concentrate a little bit about that I actually need to read it again. And yeah, I'm making nice lists. And and also I have this lovely notebook that accompanied the pen. And, and when people visit and they see this notebook and the pen, they say, oh, could I please try that one? And then they write uh, <laughs> nice messages in my notebook, and that's really that's that's another benefit that I didn't see coming. Right? The people yeah. are, are actually, hey, can I try to write? I will write something for you. And that's actually my neighbor was writing a full page on an evening we had out on the mm. balcony. So that's really nice. It's good to come back to it. Just needs to have a date attached to it. I can agree with you. It's a fantastic thing. Uh, the problem you will have now is that you would want to start trying other pens mm, because exactly. they they feel different. <laughs> the nibs are different in the how soft or hard they are. Uh, it looks different. There is different inks. There is, you know, it's a never-ending story and it can become quite expensive as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, don't go overboard is my, my <laughs> tip. Build uh, slowly and uh, I have put a restraint on myself mm. and I'm saying one mm. pen. And one pen only per year. Per year, yes, that's the limit. I decided that the next pen I'm gonna buy is uh, at some occasion when I'm together with Sebastian. Mm. Wherever that may be, I will uh, save some money and go find another pen. But uh, right now, I'm so happy with the one I have, and there's so much for me to yeah. gain on that pen. Mm. But I have seen the rabbit hole. I also did a little bit of googling, of course, and so there's a price attached to this as well. So. You know, made me even more happy for the gift that he gave. I'm so pleased. Yeah. About it. yeah. But what you should do is next time you meet with uh, Sebastian uh, real time, mm. try his pens mm. because he has a selection as well. I know he has. I just sent him a little uh, photograph of what I'm writing with the pen and it makes him very happy. He can't yeah. read Danish anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, the pen and paper. Then I went into a little cheaper, but uh, also very interesting area. On Denmark's radio, you know, during my workdays here for the last two weeks, I've been watching a series called Orchestra, the Orchestra, which is a Denmark's radio drama with Father Exilius and Rasmus Brun. It's about a lot of stuff, but it's uh, the scenery is the concert house of uh, Denmark's radio and the Danish uh, Symphonic Orchestra, Denmark's radio Symphonic Orchestra, and they have this drama series. It is fantastic cast. It's just funny. 
it's important. It's a lot of stuff. It's also about classical music. So now I find myself in a deep hole of classic music. And uh, why is that? I also have an interest for history. And I have always approached history backwards. I was part of the Cold War because I was in the Navy during those years. What is the reason for the Cold War? That's probably something in World War II. So I went back in time from the present, from my present, and then back into World War I and to 1864 in Denmark, where we lost uh, you know, one-third of Jutland to, to the Germans. But I needed some new vector into you know what would actually stimulate my interest for history and in this series it enabled me to somehow to get into listening to some classical music and find some composers that was part of those ages the 1800 and the 1700 and those centuries so the inspiration for my historical interest is taking off from from classical music so i've given myself the task of no Jazz, blues, pop, rock, before Christmas, only classical music from now on. And that's a challenge that I intend to drive to the end. It is fantastic when you have a long drive, I find myself listening to some classical music, I just drive nicer. I just become a nicer person. Yeah. That's really, uh, that's uh, some reflections points that I have. But also going into these, there's just so massive amount of information and some really good people to teach you about classical music on Denmark's radio and elsewhere. It's really a goldmine going to the opera travel with, uh, with these two actors and you go into the classical music quizzes and you, suddenly you hear some music where you get the story and then you start, you consume the music in a completely different way. And that's nice. So that is my new rabbit hole. That's called classical music. And no, no, uh, no rock and roll for the next six months. First of all, I'm going to make you break that the next time you come over for a gin and tonic evening and we do the, the normal, you know, sit and choose things from Spotify when we drink gin. That will be out of my control. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Secondly, um, I understood that you would listen to a lot of classical music because of our channels. Uh, mm. And I have also listened a little bit to, to some of the things that came up uh, in that channel. But I, I appreciate the link to the open playlist that you have. Maybe that's something we should share with the listeners. Yeah, we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, So we can understand a little bit more what you're listening to. Mm. Uh, and the whole thing that you said that uh, you you get a different connection when you understand the story and things. I totally agree. It's it's so clear. Um, I have, as all of you know, an Italian wife mm -hmm. and an Italian wife that has been into opera oh. and not listening to opera, but singing opera, being into choirs. And she knows so much of this and she loves opera. Um, so every time that either we go to an opera and, and you know, watch something or we listen to something. I mean, she's almost never quiet. She always starts to sing in because mm. she knows them so well. And she, she can tell me the story. She can explain everything. She, she understands Italian, of course, it's easier. But, yeah. uh, but she has all this history. She can talk about Mozart and, and what happened and why they did and know all of these Probably things. Probably Puccini so, as well. 
yeah. But she is uh, Buffa de Mozart or whatever they call it. Um, so that's her favorite. But thank you for sharing this interest because it, it is nice to listen to classical music. It's different. There was, uh, I started digging around on Denmark's radio's websites and there's a gold mine. There was one particular concert with a Danish conductor called Thomas Daugård who is conducting the Tchaikovsky's Symphony Number no. 6, which was his last. And when he ends the concert, that's actually where Tchaikovsky dies, and he in real life dies nine days after the premiere of the opera. And you just see tears running down his cheeks. It is very powerful music, and it's just... So it's also about giving it some patience. And yeah, there are passages in that where if, if it was pop music, I would just click next. Mm. So my exercise is really to have patience with it and listen to it again, listen to it again, because there's an interesting story around it and I want to find the story in the music. Yeah. It was so funny that you wrote in our group chat about your journey and I was sitting in Spain waiting for my first opera, Wonder Bullfighting Arena with Big Philharmonic for Malika accompanying three singers. I thought, what timing? <laughs> Also about uh, photography that we just yeah. talked about. And my God, what is this podcast about? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, of course, remember to be in the moment and was putting the phone down, just listening. I could see that there was, of course, a few spectators wanting to see the concert through their phone. And I thought the venue was fantastic, but it was quite fun to see how they work and how they struggled a little bit with the wind and then notes. Some of the stuff that I saw on the telly in this pursuit of more knowledge of classical music, I get this feeling that sitting in a 108 persons philharmonic orchestra, each individual musician has been doing this for maybe their whole life, playing their instrument and Conduct that into something as big as a symphonic is really some work. And it's about working together. It's about being patient. One of the musicians said that when Beethoven is on the repertoire, I know I have to practice for a year because it needs to be there. Mm. It just impresses me a lot. So I started to be, oh, why did I discover this at an age of 58? And then I was a little sad about it, but now I turned it around and said, okay, but it is what it is. But now I'm here, so now I can listen to classical music. Lives change. I mean, why didn't I find G3 until the mid-late 20s? Yeah. Why didn't I find Stoicism until uh, I was 40? And I found opera when I was late 30s, mm. when I met Sylvia. Yeah. I mean, there is things we're going to find always. So I, I don't look back and see it like that. Be happy that you found it. Enjoy it. Exactly. And just take full advantage that you actually found it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. On another note, how are you doing on Google? I'm doing so great on Google, but let's... Uh, want something else. <laughs> let's talk about it when we come to the... What do we want from our summer? Are we there now? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we should move on to the next topic of today that was the sound effect so we started 
the 52 week challenge in the last podcast when we we met with Juiced uh, and we were following this book that I already forgot the name of uh, because I don't read the front anymore. <laughs> I just read inside the book. Handbook for um, New Stoics: How to Thrive in a World Out of Your Control. Fifty-two weeks of lessons. Yeah, I think mine actually has a, a slightly different title, but it's the same book. It's just editions in the different countries looks a little bit different. So we are now into week three mm. of fifty-two. Yeah, and we already talked a little bit about the first week. What's in? Uh, yeah. A lot, actually. Yeah. Uh, so we could maybe keep that week a little bit short. Mm. Uh, but that was about what was in your full control and what was not in your full control. Actually, to to highlight that and, and think about it a little bit. Mm. And as I said before, for me, it was actually a really great learning to, to, to visualize that a little bit. And um, uh, don't take too hard on the things that is not under my control. I really like the part where they have what's in your full control and what is in yeah. your control, but not fully in your control. That distinction, mm. I think, is it's it's really powerful. Uh, it's an important distinction for sure. Yeah, exactly, and it helped me be aware uh, of is it in my full control or not probably easier to decide your response to certain events. Mm. That's the outcome of it. Then when you stand in Spain like you did, it, it, making that distinction can make your response much easier to do. It could be, but I think for me, just the awareness of this distinction of it was in full control or not, that helped me quite a lot. And I'm pretty sure when going deeper, I will be able to reflect and see that this really helped for me, making it a bit easier. You say it helps you to do the distinction, but what do you want to use it for? What is the outcome of making that distinction? For me, before I really was looking into full control or partly control, I thought that a, a, a lot more was within my control. But seeing how small part that's really within my full control helped me with all the stuff that are not fully under my control and, and knowing that yes I get, I get that Jens but what do you what do you want to do with it I mean what what does it give you to make that distinction what is the action you can do on it I can answer that and Jens can get two seconds yeah. to think <laughs> because I for, for me it's it's quite easy actually because even though a lot of people don't think that I get upset and pissed off uh, about things. Uh, at least that's what people tell me. Martin, you're always so calm. But inside I'm exploding and I want to kill someone. Yeah. That is what it helps me with. Because if I realize that I am not fully in control here, then it actually gives me the, the possibility to actually control that feeling. It's like I have a little bit more lever, a little bit more control mm. to not be pissed off because I know that's not in my control and getting pissed off or upset or angry will not change anything. So it's about your response. Yes. Mm. But that being said, sometimes it's actually quite relieving to be ape shit angry 
it can be really relieving. Mm. Uh, at least that's also an experience I had uh, during this week. Nothing I want to talk about on the podcast, but we can <laughs> talk about that later. <laughs> In the after show. Yeah, because it showed the asshole side of Martin, and uh, that's nothing I want to be <laughs> talking too much about. It happens sometimes. Mm. Yeah. So Jens, did you have time to think? No, I was just too inspired by your reply. But I think what it would change is my reaction in these things that are fully under control. And when I'm not fully under control, I can be a little uh, easier and not blaming myself as as much as I would do otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also a response. That's the way you deal with things. That's how you respond to it. You stop blaming yourself for things that is basically not under your control. That's a good thing. I would say it is. What about week two? I think week two was extremely hard Mm -hmm. compared to week one. Because week one is so straightforward and open and it gave me a lot. Mm. Week two was about aversions, things that we are avoiding. Mm or things that we're doing to avoid things, um, to avoid, to to have a feeling or avoid uh, things. But my my problem with this is that I have a really hard time, I think, to see aversions or the aversions I'm doing. They are not very clear to me. I struggled a lot in that week Mm. with, with finding them. And that also was a week that didn't give me that much. That's, uh, exactly my experience as well for that week i was home alone yeah. the kids were in greece or in the summer house with christina so i was just here working and you know it's not mm. that busy at work so i really struggled with that one and i just think that came to thursday i gave up on it and say okay maybe i need to do that one that's at least my note to do that at a later mm. point where there's more activity in my life and yeah. uh, because that was really a quiet week I didn't get a lot of outcome from that one. How about you, Jens? And I had quite a lot of problems reading and understanding what would they really meant in that chapter. And then the events from Fields came on top of that, and I tried a lot, but I was having difficulties figuring out whether it was the events on top of reading that. I just had quite some difficulties understanding what the authors really would like me to look into. Um, I've reread the chapter and and I'm looking forward to go back to that chapter. Hmm. Actually, I tried to do this challenge before and I did the first week and I I fell out during week two uh, because the first time it was hard to understand the exercise. It was also hard for me to understand the exercise really. Now the second time, I read the chapter multiple times mm. as well. Yeah. Uh, and still, it was really, really hard. So I think it's just a hard exercise. Mm. I think uh, it's probably worth to come back to af- after the challenge, maybe, to say, okay, now we, we are more practiced. We, we have more experience of, mm. of Stoic philosophy. Mm. Maybe that exercise will become more clear. And I mean, we may have a very different insight into what aversions can be or how we can identify them. So, yeah. Maybe we could uh, also take it up with Joost and Sebastian in in our little group because everybody apparently struggled 
And I would be curious to hear, uh, since they're also following the exercises here, and hear what what the experience was. Maybe there's something there. Hmm? Yeah. And now we're into week three. Um, that week is not over yet, so we are we have a few days left here. Mm. And now we are doing an exercise where we are trying to motivate ourselves uh, and to tell us that it's not so difficult. Let's say that you have a friend that is in a problematic situation and you would give him advice to come out of that situation. Now you are doing that, but that person is yourself. That is what we're doing during this exercise. And at least for me, it's again, we're back to almost like the first week. Mm. It's an easier exercise. It's easier for me to do. And it actually gives me some value or quite a lot of value. And the reason it gives me quite a lot of value is that uh, it's it's a stopping point where you actually slows down and you think about an event or a situation. And then you respond to that slowly and logical and from the outside. Mm. And that, for me, that has been a quite interesting approach. So I think it's, uh, it, it's like thinking through the situation or how you should react in the situation that comes before you're in there. So it's a, about being proactive. So I, I, I kind of have enjoyed this exercise so far. How about you, Jens? It was not that easy as week one for me. I think it was quite difficult to to really understand the way I should feel less empathic. Uh, I felt that I should remove emotions from what I was doing. And my journey right now has been more like to, to evolve more emotions in what I'm doing hmm. so so yeah I, so you're going from being sympathetic for something to be empathetic that was the plan but that's apparently not the historic plan so i have a question yeah. for you and we can edit this out if yeah. you don't want to um but on our gtd body talks we have discussed a lot about you taking a lot of responsibility for other people having a lot of empathy for family members, for parents, for children, and maybe forgetting yourself a lot. When I read this text, do the distinction between sympathy and empathy. Yeah. You take a lot of responsibility for everybody else, and the last on the list is Jens. So I was just curious to know would there be relationships or situations where you could be sympathetic but not take the emotional responsibility into relationships or situations? I was yeah, just yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah. that when I read the chapter because it has been a cornerstone of what we have been discussing as GT bodies, that the last one on every list is you. That would be a good reason for you to write the book instead of these authors. I have quite some difficulties figuring out what they really mean. And when it explains by you, it seems more easier. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. No, no. 
But I was just thinking about that, and I also used it in that context myself. Uh, I have a few ex-wives, and one of them I really don't feel any empathy for and certainly no sympathy for. We don't need to go into that, but really, do I feel sympathetic or empathic for this person or this relationship or this situation? That's caused some reflections on my side, at least. Yeah. You can have sympathy for the people of Ukraine and that being a really good thing but you cannot take the emotional responsibility because you cannot carry that weight on your shoulders yeah yeah that was one of my thoughts in in hold that what do you think martin i actually got a completely different thought when i when i hear this discussion when we we had the conversation with used we said that we're going to meet every sunday and chicken and we haven't so i think we uh, Actually, we could gain even more from this exercise by having a short chat on the Fridays just or Sundays just to uh, actually talk about the exercise to come. Mm. Because I think we have a little bit of different view of what the deal is, really. So let's let's try to be a little bit more diligent there and yeah. and and get something done. Yeah, exactly. Also showed me that if I have started this journey on my own. I would maybe have dropped out in in week two, mm. but definitely in week three. I think we uh, round off the topic about the stoic challenge there, mm. <laughs> and let's uh, let's just try to be more diligent to have the the weekly discussions because I think that would be valuable for all of us yeah. and discuss the exercises because they are not easy. No, definitely not easy. All of them. So I think we can get more out of it if we, we do that but mind we are also in the summertime and we are all a little bit more distracted of not being distracted uh, having vacations so I think that's also part of it but exactly so I I thought that we uh, we're also gonna round this episode off by third little segment uh, where we actually look into what we are wanting or what we want to get out of the our supper and um, uh, I have been doing some thinking here as uh, uh, but I, I thought it could make sense to throw the ball at Jens to start off with so uh, what's what's your I mean you have been to Spain already to have a bit of vacation but I I guess you have more I have a little more but the main part of the vacation is over already that's vacation but what about summer yeah which is into September or something. I came back from the summer camp and had a really good deep dive above the higher horizons. And the more reflection I did afterwards was that my vision and goals, they really needed some love and some care. And that was an area, and I know we spoke, Michael, and you asked if my system was empty and I would look into my task manager saying, no, of course it's not empty. There's a lot of tasks. But when I was thinking more, I could really see, well, you were right. It lacked these ideas and things that could come from having the goals and vision in place. And looking back, now we are out of the pandemic at least for a while. And I've been much more trying to say no instead of just saying yes to things. So now 
there were actually rooms for not just basic tasks and the day-to-day things. So I'm going to go deep on these horizons and see if something interesting and something I want to do in the future can come into play. And then I have also been quite inspired by our talk with Patrick and his pondering of things that he needs to keep in his head Mm. to go and think about. But I also, of course, want to write things down. So I have created a Patrick pondering label so I can have some of the things that I would like to remember to make sure that I also keep them present and not just write them down and forget about them. Finally, we have the Level 3 GTD course in end of August for me, and I will prepare for that. That is a, a perfect timing since you want to go deeper on the higher horizons. So that's really good timing. Yeah. So uh, now I come back and bite you. What about the Google exit? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. The Google exit, that will be one of the things I really would like to get out of. It's more things I need to do, but not very complex. I just need to have a brain dead list. When that time of day arrives, I pick up a few of mailing list or whatever and then enter presence in Google and what I've seen is I don't miss the old mails. So what's the next action? That's uh, to, to uh, create a, <clears throat> a, a list of the, the first uh, 50 uh, places I, I need to change the login. Yeah. Curious to follow that. I've also been thinking what I really have enjoyed with Proton Mail is that they are down. <laughs> They've been down this week a lot of times. That's been so quiet. That's quite nice. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly the quiet part. When I got Proton Mail, I knew it was from someone real. It was something of interest. And I could see it in the Google Mail, there were just a lot of stuff coming in that I did really want to see. So that wonderful feeling I would like to continue with, but it's probably not possible. It is. Unsubscribe. And if uh, if it's spam, spam market. Take the important accounts, change your logins for what you really need, and just leave the rest. I will then have my big cleanup of newsletters. Yeah, I'm looking forward to report on that. So, Michael, uh, what do you want from the summer then? The vacation or the the quiet time we have in front of us? I have a week of vacation. Wow, that's a lot. Which I will not spend as vacation because I will be together with 40,000 scouts. And that's not really vacation in the way I normally think of vacation. But it's going to be fun. (laughs) And uh, it's probably also going to be wet and uh, cold and everything because I have smelly. Smelly and and, yeah. yeah. Just like it should be. I really look forward to the scout summer camp with 40,000 scouts, including my son. Yeah. But 
Usually, I'm not the one he says goodnight to. <laughs> He's uh, really doing his own yeah. thing. But looking a little bit up from that, have had a really busy first half. Mm. I did some reflections on that also on the last episode. So I just need to calm down. And I know that come mid-August, it will be full steam ahead, 105%. Yeah. And so from the summer, I want to do something really relaxing, spend time with myself, spend quality time with my kids. And that's about it. And then I want to fertilize these ideas of still using my pen and the music thing. Mm. The last thing that probably not going to be in summer, but is in fall and winter time is that I want to have at least three hikes. I need to go out yeah. and go walk about. I don't care where. And I know we have a hike planned for September. We do. I'm going to do a few more. And happily to do with someone else. I just need to get my feet into my hiking boots again. I need it mentally and physically. I need to get in shape. That's what I want from summer. Nice. <laughs> hmm? I, th I thought there for a second that you read from my notes. <laughs> no, no. I didn't. But I know we share some some stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with uh, the the thing. Just you know winding down that's what i want to to do as well yeah. really recharge the batteries a bit so i i will look forward to be off for a bit and during the the year here i've been so jealous when when people go on conferences with their work i mean where do i go with conferences with my work i mean i <laughs> it's me <laughs> yeah and and there is people having quality days i talked with another friend i have that went he went by himself to, to Spain, I think, for a week. Your wife went to Spain? Yeah, she went to Spain as well. So I decided that I will do a conference in August with myself and okay. my hiking boots. I will do a walkabout. <laughs> so uh, that's uh, one thing that I want to do. And I, I may have talked about this on the podcast before or mentioned it, but essentially I live close to the Skåneleden Trail um, and it's... Mm goes in all different directions where I live. So I can actually go north, I can go south, east, west. Uh, uh, but I have decided to go up to the trail and then go right, essentially. And see what happens. Russia <laughs> or east. Yes. And then I have four days and I, I will yeah. see where I end up. That That's the level. Uh, and it's also because I did this short hike a few weeks ago. Yeah. That really reignited the spark that I had before. I have missed this so much. I haven't been out for a long, long time. I, I haven't used my camera for a long, long time. I haven't been in the nature. So that is really what I, I want to do. And I'm actually already this weekend, I'm going to go out for a day hike just to, to start moving a little bit more. And of course, I want to spend quality time where I can be, uh, you know, focused for more than like a few hours. Uh, with with the family and the kids and the wife and and do things together or go go up north and be a cowboy for a day or go up and mm. meet Pippi Longstrom or or do something like that with the kids so you know create some of these memories that they will have for the rest of their life together with me because you never know but when your life will end as the stoic says yeah exactly so uh Let's let's try to create those memories when we can. 
So that's really what I want to uh, get out of the summer. More time for me with my both ones. Uh, mm. Yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> yep. All right. Good stuff. I think we have gotten to the end of the uh, the outline today. So should we round it up, guys? So do you want to take us out, Jens? Of course not. But, uh, <laughs> I want to spend even more time with you, uh, knowing that uh, you go on a hike and, and you'll be away. So probably next time we'll meet, uh, I'll sit with the same feeling that it's been all too long that we've been recording. I actually think that we will record the next episode early, so you will not have that feeling, trust me. Anyway, guys, thank you all for staying so long and listening to us rambling about all of these different things. I have had a good chat with both of you guys today. I enjoyed this a lot. It was uh, super nice to to actually be on and, and record again. As, as we yeah. said, it felt like a long time ago. So if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Go into iTunes, Spotify, uh, Amazon, or whatever you like to use Google Podcast, uh, even though Michael will not agree with that. It's out of my control. <laughs> exactly. Go where you find your podcast and subscribe, and then you will not miss any of the episodes. If you want to connect with Jens and Michael, you can always go into Discord. I cannot get into Discord. I don't know. But we'll take that support call on the side. I've tried and tried and tried. I can't get into Discord. Anyhow, okay. we have a Discord channel. Uh, we will update the show notes. There is a link that is valid in the show notes. So if you want to be part of the Stoic Challenge or talk to us and give feedback or enjoy the, the community we have around the, the podcast, jump into the Discord server. Yes. I am Martin Hagen. You can find me on Twitter as at Martin Hagen or at my personal blog that has been completely silent for a very long time, martinhagen.se. And Jens, you can find on Twitter, A-E-H-P-E-T. And Michael is also on Twitter as D-R-E-V-E-S. And the whole podcast is on Twitter too as Smarter Tech. Thank you, guys. Thank you, listeners. Ciao. Bye. Adieu.